Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Our next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. Today's story comes from comedian and first-time storyteller Kate Strobel. Kate shared this childhood story of a tall tale gone too far on October 16th, 2019. The theme of the evening was fake. Hi, thank you. I uh, I was a very imaginative child, um, and I pause to put emphasis on imaginative there because I think what I'm really trying to say is that I told a lot of tall tales, um, a lot of lies, <clears throat> to kind of put myself into a reality other than the one that I was living. And I think school, for a lot of my childhood, was kind of an oasis for those lies, I think I thought that to my teachers and to my classmates, I could be anyone else. I could be anything that I wanted to be. I didn't have to be poor. I didn't have to be being raised by a single mother who was struggling with depression. I didn't have to be a kid who was trying to navigate the dynamics of a family with alcoholism on my mother's side and a family with mental illness on my father's side. Rather, at school I could just be anything. I could make up my own reality. I could kind of big fish myself into a place where I was maybe a little more loved or had a little more or maybe just felt like a little bit more of a kid in general. Um, But I think my lies really started to culminate in something a little scary in third grade. Uh, It started out with like a somewhat innocuous one. Um, I told all of my classmates and my teacher that my dad was a millionaire living in California. Um, (laughs) And this was a lie to evade the truth that my dad was kind of in and out of having a home at all and was you know, constantly being uh, in and out of hospitals, struggling with his battle with manic depression. And I just didn't want that to be my reality anymore. I was going to carve my own reality. I said, not in third grade. Nope. In third grade, (laughs) my dad's a millionaire in California. Um, And I had a series of other lies that went along with that. You know, of course, I obviously had a stepmom as well. And she was a pretty stereotypical stepmom. She was mean to me. Uh, She would fill up our outdoor pool, outdoor pool, because millionaire in California, right? Um, (laughs) She'd fill it up with alligators. Um, (laughs) And then whenever I was in trouble, she'd throw me in the pool with the alligators. Um, But little did she know (laughs) that the alligators and I were pretty good friends, and they, 
they were never going to hurt me, you know? Just telling a lot of really believable content to my other... <laughs> I think even the eight-year-olds were like, uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. They'd ask me, like, pressing questions to see if they could get me to break. They'd be like, if your dad's a millionaire, what does he do? And I'd be like, oh, he's a rocket scientist. You know, and that lie was inspired by my girl Shania Twain, right? <laughs> okay, so you're a rocket scientist. <laughs> that don't impress me, actually. That's pretty good. <laughs> that could be my dad's job. I like that, that's good, that's millionaire -y. I like that one. Rocket scientist. So that was the beginning of third grade for me. Millionaire, California, rocket scientist father. Pretty cool. Very exciting stuff. Shania Twain, though, uh, at that time, uh, she was everything to me, right? The year was 1998. She had just released the Come On Over album the year prior, right? This is the album that has it all, right? It has Man, I Feel Like a Woman. It has You're Still the One. It has uh, Honey, I'm Home. And it has, that don't impress me much, right? It has it all. And this was the first and only CD that I owned. This was my treasure. Like, I would go into my room, I would listen to it constantly, just this little oasis where I'm singing and dancing and making out with my bedpost, you know? Because <laughs> I guess I just did really feel like a woman, you know? Um, but... Shania, she was everything. I was obsessed. She was everything to me, you know, and I think her music was just another way for me to escape. And so when I found out that that same year in 1998, she was coming to the Coors Amphitheater, now Fiddler's Green, to, uh, as part of her Come On Over tour, I lost my mind, right? I'm fantasizing. I'm like, I got to get tickets. I got to, just knowing that she's going to be in Colorado, this is incredible news, but I also knew that I would not be able to afford a ticket. My mom wouldn't be able to buy one for herself and I and go. But um, you know who could afford it? My millionaire father <laughs> definitely could. Um, so the next day I decided to go to school and circulate some more lies around the playground. Just going up to everybody and be like, hey guys, I'm going to the Schneider concert. Not only am I going, I have backstage passes because of my millionaire father, right? Remember, guys, you know, right? It's going to be great. I didn't really think this one through. I didn't really anticipate how my classmates would react to this um, because these three girls, these three very popular girls who had never talked to me before, uh, they came up and they were like, hey, Kate, we would love if you could get Shania to sign something for us. That would be amazing. And I was like... I'm your girl, of course. I can totally do that. And I kind of hoped that I'd be able to tell them I forgot or something the next day. But the three of them went home that night and they decorated these pieces of construction paper. They went all out. They sparkled the rim with glitter. They pasted pictures of Shania from magazines. They had Shania lyrics all over these pieces of paper. And like this perfect space in the middle of the paper for Shania's signature. And they came to class the next day, and they gave them to me. And I was like, of course, yeah, she's going to sign these, no problem. And uh, i got to figure this out. Um, so I put my thinking cap on. I'm like, you know what? I'm a third grader. I'm just now starting to learn cursive. 
I think maybe I could pull this off. I sit down. I start practicing her signature. I realize I don't really have the best grasp on cursive. I'm like, why does the N have two humps anyway? This looks like it just says Shemaya Twain. I don't... I don't know, I'm not gonna be able to do this. I get resourceful. I bring the papers home to my mom and I, st- I spread yet another lie. Mom, can you sign these? Why, what are they for? They're for my Shania Twain fan club and I wanna hang them in the wall in my room and I'm just not confident enough in my handwriting for them to look good. She believes me, she signs them. I'm like, great. <laughs> Problem solved. I go back to class the next day with, uh, with my pieces of paper, give them to the girls. They're all very excited. And I'm like, this is it. This is officially it for me. I'm cool now. I'm in. People are going to hang out with me at recess. This is the moment I've been waiting for. But it didn't really go down like that. Actually, as soon as the girls got their paper, um, they didn't really talk to me at all. Like, one of the girls talked to me a couple days later, only to tell me that um, her dad was so excited about the signature that he framed it and hung it up in his office. <laughs> and I was starting to feel a little, starting to feel all of the lies accumulating into some guilt, but that feeling wasn't as bad as the fact that the reason that I lied in the first place was to feel accepted, to have something that I could go to these other kids and, and have them think I was cool and not just weird, and that's not how it worked out at all. Um, I mean, I think about that now as an adult, I like look back at the child that I was. Like, I do have this awareness that I was like the really weird kid who was just kind of like, I swim with alligators. And like, <laughs> I definitely smelled like nobody t- taught me much about hygiene. I just like skid marked my way into middle school. <laughs> um, just wasn't. So I think they probably knew. I think they probably only created the pieces of paper and pushed it that far because I knew I was full of shit and just wanted to see. But I still have this fantasy from time to time or just this thought, this realization that there's a possibility that there's this dad out there, (laughs) like maybe close to retirement now, every day just looking at the Shania signature, (laughs) like... One more year until retirement, and I just wish I could tell him, I could find him and tell him that it's fake, the signature's fake, and it's been fake for the last 21 years, and I'm so sorry. (laughs) All right, thank you guys so much. Produced by me, Ron Doyle, Sidney Crane, and Aaron Rollman, with help from Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, and Scott Carney. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Bumport Theatre Company, Illegal Pete's from the Hep Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Theme music is by Whalehawk, and we'd also like to thank Fee, who provided the outro music you're listening to right now. If you're in Denver, join us for one of our live monthly shows, which take place every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theatre in Denver, Colorado. 
For more information about today's storyteller or the narrators, check the show notes for this episode or visit thenarrators.org. Thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <laughs>